This podcast. This podcast. This podcast is Intel enhanced. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. I'm Lindsay, and I'm Lizzie. This episode is all about a Q&A. So you all got in touch and sent us some amazing questions and we're going to be here to answer every single one, well, as much as we can this week and then it'll roll on to next week as well for us. I am wildly distracted because my dog's just thrown up outside so I'm so sorry. <sighs> I'm trying to listen out for him if he's going to be sick again and I just, I've re-recorded this twice now. <laughs> Has he, what do you mean you've just seen him be sick again out the window there? No, no. I'm oh, just okay. Listening out for him. Oh, I think, okay, okay. I thought oh, you meant just puppy. as you were speaking, then it had happened again. No, poor puppy. Um, so we're going to, that was a good segue because what me and Lizzie asked a lot of as well was about Lizzie's new kitten, Luigi, and my new puppy, Arthur. Two little um, babies. I know, two little baby best friends that are yet to meet, but we will, we will do it in good time, won't we? Yes, yes, when they can. So one of our questions was just basically how we decided we wanted to get one and how life as pet parents is. So we'll start with that because it's a really lovely one and obviously it's all consuming for the both of us at the moment. Definitely. And we'll <laughs> pop some photos of them both in their Entail app as well, which yeah. is what we both listen to our podcasts on. So you'll be able to have some nice little pictures of them alongside listening to this as well on there. Yes. Both very much achieve us, aren't they? Yes. Very. Luigi's been mental today. He has not stopped. <laughs> What made you want to get him? I've wanted a cat for, well, I've loved cats for years, obviously, and grown up with cats. And then always felt that I couldn't manage one just from traveling because just traveled so much, especially last year. Um, And then decided that, you know what, if I had one, I would make it work, whether it would be a friend coming to stay or I had a look at local catteries where I could put him if I needed to go. Um, there's something called something like Cat Flat. But I don't know that it is that. Some app that loads of people recommended to me, which is some sort of thing where someone can come in and feed your cat. I haven't looked into it, but I looked into it enough to know that there's lots of different options for um, to make some level of travel still really doable. Um, so then after that, sort of thought process I just thought if you just make it work don't you 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 adapt to it and you learn how to prioritize around it and I just really wanted a little companion after having spent so much time on my own this year as well and just some little purpose little furry friend around the house um and initially I wanted to adopt one and had found it really really difficult which I never would have imagined for adopting a cat I would never have thought getting some mangy thing would be harder than finding a cute kitten I thought everyone would want a new one and so as opposed to adopting an older one um but through just how many the people on the waiting list for everything this year I had no look through the RSPCA um mostly because the cat the gardens that I have at the back of the house can't be cat proof as in there's loads of cats in the area um and lots of the ones in the RSPCA either had FIV so couldn't go out at all so definitely can't then see other cats or had been stray so that they didn't want to see other cats because they were just moody bastards (laughs) um so that was one point that I kept falling short on and um that and the garden not being big enough so after a few weeks of trying that and either not hearing back or bit hearing back and being told no I ended up finding this little kitten instead um, and going for a baby one which now I've done that I'm so pleased for because obviously the risk with cats is that they're not that affectionate and they're unbelievably independent and it's quite nice to have something that needs you for a little bit before you get sick of me probably and never wants to see me and spends all this time outside. (laughs) 
Oh my God, he is the cutest, most energetic little thing, isn't he? He is, he is. He's got these favourite toys at the moment, which are like this foil pom-pom. This is the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Um, and he walks around with it in his mouth, but loses them. He's got about four on the go and loses them. And I can't find any of them anywhere. I turn the house upside down trying to find them. And then all of a sudden I'll turn around and he has one in his mouth again. And I cannot work out where he's putting them. <laughs> I keep trying to watch him with them, see where he goes, but I can't work out where. I think he's got a little st- secret stash of toys in a corner somewhere. But he also is so fast, so how are you ever yeah. expected to, like, track him? Yeah, <laughs> we've lost two little toy mice. They must be in the secret place. And mm. there's just all of these foil pom-poms that he's got he's hidden hot. somewhere. He's hoarding them for a rainy day. or petrified you're going to take them away off him or something. Yeah, he probably is. Bless but, it. Yeah, it's been the best decision to get him. He's just been so lovely and, like, the best little company and he sleeps in bed with me and gives me loads of cuddles and it's just yeah I'm so 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 glad I did it and now that I've done it when I imagine when life returns back to normal and traveling again I can see how clearly of like you just make it work you say no to certain trips you plan more in advance it's of course a lifestyle change but one that's very very doable and it actually felt more daunting imagining getting one than whereas now that I've got one and I can already see what it's like. I'm like, okay, I can see how I can manage all of these aspects of life, really. Yeah, definitely. And that's exactly the same for us. Um, so we rescued Arthur from the uh, Wild at Heart Foundation. And he came from Greece. And he's six months old. And he had a really shit start in life, bless him. He was found at 10 weeks old um, by a passerby. And he had two broken legs. Um, but he's had little puppy casts. And he's doing so well. And he's made a full recovery. You wouldn't know. He's just the happiest, most joyful little soul. Like James and I have wanted to get a dog for ages. And even on the podcast, we've spoken about this because you were like, Lindsay, please, my God, just do not do this right now. This is not what we need. We're in a pandemic and you just, this is too much. And I was like, no, no, we must do it. We must do it. And then I saw sense and was like, no, no, let's just take some time. And obviously we've been thinking about it. We've been thinking about it for ages, but then we started seriously looking in March and then we've left it since last March to, to where we are now. And then we were like, oh God, like we've got to rescue one. Like, and it's got to be him. Um, and oh, just I can't even describe it and in the same way that you're saying about travel and we went through all of these practical things didn't we when, when you were trying to talk yeah. me off a ledge of doing it the first time around like because we're getting back to normal and we've traveled so much and we have so much to do and we're in and out of London and this that, and the other and I was just like but I will I'm so happy to move that around I'm so happy to make the sacrifices to prioritize Arthur and you know find friends family lovely places for him to stay if we do go on a you know a holiday that I, I can't take him with me mm. um all of those things I'm never going to leave him unnecessarily and trot off because I'd like to think that I could take him on a lot of things with me as well like yeah. not obviously overseas on a plane for a week or something but you know UK breaks me and James love like a cottage somewhere and he can come and do that and yeah he's going to be obviously very much a big part of our lives and I don't want to be just leaving him behind so no, no. um yeah so it's been just like the most amazing thing and obviously I, I don't know if you could hear how anxious I was when we started this because he'd just been sick and I was just like oh my god what am I gonna do it's just so poorly but he's obviously absolutely fine it was just um he basically we got recommended that he has rice and chicken cooked for him like a king for a week <laughs> after he arrives off the puppy transport just to make his tummy settled and uh, that's all that came back up was all his rice so he must just have got a bit excited and or he's you know eating some some kind of a stick outside or something like that but he's absolutely fine he's just having a nap 
Oh, it's all these new little like, oh my god, what's that noise? Oh my god, what's he doing? Yes. And if he goes quiet, is the most destructive thing ever. It's what he's people all my say about quiet toddler. Yes. Yeah, you know, if you've got a toddler and they go quiet, yeah. you should panic because it yeah. means they're occupied by yeah. something they probably shouldn't be. And it's so funny. Me and James have got this weird built-in thing now. Like if we're there, if we're like sat for like 15, 20 minutes, maybe watching The Crown or something like that, we'll both look at each other and then just jump up because we're like, he's doing something, he's doing something, even if we can't hear him. And this morning I woke up and he does sleep in a crate at night to keep him safe and make sure he's got his own little space. But this morning when I'd come down, um, he'd had all my clothes off the maiden. So <laughs> and he really likes a new balance trainer. Oh, which is really unfortunate for both he's me and James. He's got <laughs> he good taste. He's got taste. What do you expect? Yeah. But I think overall it has been the best decision for us both, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. We're just both so besotted. And I was saying to Lizzie that my um, days just go so quickly because he's a puppy and we need to take him out for a wee every two hours. I'm, I live my life in two-hour blocks. I'm like, right, we'll shoot this. Okay, I've got this, this much time to do an email. Eat now. And then a wee now. break. <laughs> yeah. And my friends keep saying, this is great training for a baby. I'm yeah, like, that's baby. Just... Good God, the stress. <laughs> You've got a baby now. That's it. Yeah. Oh, just God. more pets. Yeah, so it's been like so... Well, I, haven't, I haven't had any anxiety at all. Just like oh. a little therapy dog, apart from the anxiety surrounding him if he's not well, yes. obviously, like just yeah. that kerfuffle of a person that came onto the podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, but yeah, we thought we'd open with that because we did get asked about Luigi and Arthur a lot, and it's obviously like pure happiness. A so, joyful topic. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so would cute. you like to start with our next question, Elizabeth? Yes, I can do. Let me just delve into my screenshots i've got some long ones yeah yeah go, on, go for it let's get a new one messaged i thought it'd mm-hmm. be quite a good one to start with right all of these are of course anonymous so no one's going to be dropped in it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right here we go my boyfriend has one group of friends which i don't get along with at all i would never choose to be around them if it wasn't for him and i have a hard time finding a common ground as a plus his ex which he's been he was with for six years is part of the group making me feel extra uncomfortable there's nothing between them and the jealousy is not necessary. Still, I don't want to spend any time with her because their history becomes sort of the present when the whole group is together. Luckily, my boyfriend totally understands and also she's not that much around anymore. Whenever she is, it sucks anyway. But the worst part for me is that he changes heavily when around this group of people. I guess we all do when, our, when we're around our high school friends, but his ways make it even more difficult for me to deal with this strange bunch of people. Any tips? Oh God, that's a lot to deal with, isn't it? But you've really executed how you feel very well there and you seem to understand what what it is that is making you feel that way. Yes. And the fact it's two strands. It is two strands, isn't it? It's not just like, I hate his mates. Yes. It's, there's a lot mixed in there. Um, unfortunately, it's his mates. Like, you, you can't do anything about it, short of leaving him. Like, he's not going to leave his friends and as, it, as you would hope that he wouldn't expect you to leave your friends yeah. for him. Um, the behaviour aspect of that, is that something that you could talk to him about to, to kind of be, you know, you have to tread carefully with these things because you don't want to, you don't want to say to someone or make somebody feel inferior by questioning how different they are with other people or make yeah. them feel like they may be a show off or I don't know what the behaviour is, but in that respect, you're not going to get, um, you're not going to get an amicable response from being told that you think you might be showing off or yes yeah playing up kind of thing yeah 
I think as well, the girl, the ex-girlfriend bit, if he's understanding of that, then don't, don't place importance in the fact that maybe old jokes come up because it sounds not so much related to the old relationship with her, but more the fact it's an old friend group. And if you imagine if you were with some of your old mates, whether there was romantic involvement or not, you automatically start to reminisce. It's just a kind of nice thing of a relationship. So yeah. try not to take that bit personally as them sat there thinking about the good old times together, especially if he's told you not to worry about that. And generally, maybe, I think I would just kind of work out how how integral are they to you two as a couple, as a group of friends, as in, could it be a group of his mates who he always just sees on his own? And not that you cut them out and you go to the odd thing, but mm. more often than not, just say, oh, I'll let you have that night out with them. Like, I'm going to do something with the girls or whatever. And would that just make it a bit easier if he, like Lynn said, if he's maybe feeling the pressure of how he acts around them and if he knows he's not truly himself, that that's all their go-to and they're kind of, held in a certain space of what their relationship was at that point and they're all harking back to that moment I agree with Lindsay it could be risky to to be critical of that so maybe just mm. remove yourself from it as much as you can yeah I think that's definitely the best option it's happened to me in so many relationships like that like where there have been a group of people or one or two people that haven't been welcoming to me or haven't accepted me in a way you know a different scenario but it's made me pull back and it's and then in turn it's made me kind of it's made me upset and resent my current boyfriend to for, for spending that time or wanting to spend them, that time yeah. with them, even though it makes me feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, but we can't put that on them because it's friendship and that came before you and friend friendships last a lifetime. Yeah. So we can't as much as you need to be his priority as well, his friendships make him happy. So I think the best thing that you can do is spend less time with them. Don't make a thing of it. Just draw back a little bit, like Lizzie said, and yeah, try and try and tackle it that way yeah because it doesn't seem like she's questioning whether it's showing a side of him that she doesn't want in a partner I didn't get no. that impression from that that would be the only thing you'd have to really question about it if they were showing yeah. a side of them that then you really didn't like or it was qualities you didn't like but if yeah. it's just a kind of attitude that comes out it is shit so just remove yourself from it and maybe this is one to not make a mountain of when at the moment it could just be a molehill <laughs> yeah definitely Definitely. Good luck to you, pal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, okay. I have one here, a short and sweet one. How, how have we created a healthy relationship with food? Oh, oh gosh. A big one. It is. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm really fortunate in that I've never had an unhealthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And so it's never been something I've necessarily had to think about. I go through, um, we'll be aware of it in that if I'm very anxious, my appetite will be low. If I'm very stressed, my appetite will be low. But it won't feel like I'm anxious and therefore I'm avoiding food because food makes me anxious. It's, you know that feeling when your tummy's in knots? Yeah. You feel like everything makes you sick. Yeah. So, you don't, so you have to force yourself to be like, I need to put food in my tummy. But yeah. it isn't, the whole process of eating in that instance won't make me feel uncomfortable or anything. No. Um, and I think if anything, I was so gangly and still am, but especially when I was little, if the only negative thing would be when people make comments like eat more or you don't eat enough, things like that. But that I know that I'm healthy and I know that my eating habits are fine. And if anything, I eat 
unhealthily in terms of I've got too much of a sweet tooth a lot of the time. Yeah. I've had two mince pies today. <laughs> Have you? Oh God, I, I need to get stop. onto it. I can't stop on them. So that's really not great eating, that snacking. And, and like, I know you're the same, Linz. We both yeah. love chocolate and biscuits oh and stuff. Yeah, love a snack. But it never feels like a, an unhealthy relationship, thankfully. No, that's so good. I, um, I'm at a great point with it now, but in my younger days when I was at uni, so probably, I think, 18... 18 for a couple of years I really struggled with food I was doing a dance degree and um there were other people on the course who quite obviously had issues with food and I had pitted myself against them in terms of um ability as a dancer and so saw what they were doing saw them being really lovely and thin and thought well obviously I need to do this as well so I struggled for for a short while um with that um didn't get me anywhere mum marched me to the doctors and after that conversation with our family doctor who'd known us since we were born I was walked out of that office and was like mum please can we have roast chicken and chips for tea (laughs) I was able to kind of like put it on the head like knock it on the head sorry um and I think I was very fortunate in that way because I didn't have a bad thought about food again I think it was directly related to my competitive side in terms of dance and performing and being picked for lead roles and stuff and it wasn't necessarily a bad relationship with food it was more to do with um my habits in in competition I think and food yeah, was kind yeah. of like the secondary thing that came with that um and I you know it got 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 silly got really silly would would go to the shops and buy loads and loads and loads of chocolate because obviously I've got a massive sweet tooth um, eat it all and then see it all back up again very yeah. very soon and it was just madness absolutely mad I knew it was stupid when I was doing it yeah but like I say it didn't last for long for me I was very lucky that I told mum straight away and she was like right yeah. <laughs> we're off to the doctors <laughs> um, and like you said yeah. with something like that it probably wasn't actually your relationship with food you were just reflecting somebody else's yeah definitely and again because it was all just muddled in with them um, competition and since then I haven't had a single problem relating to food in that way I've got a really healthy appetite I honestly because I have three meals a day and loads of snacks so I'll I'll have my lunch and then by three o'clock I'm absolutely I feel like famished again I'm like James 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 can we have tea can we have tea and he's like it's half free like what's wrong with you have you got worms so yeah very fortunate that I do and I think a lot of it as well um to do with food comes with body confidence for me because I know that I really like it I really like exercising and I don't have the energy to exercise if I don't eat well. If I don't eat yeah. three hearty meals and loads of snacks and get loads of food in me, I haven't got the energy to burn off. I haven't yeah. got the energy, you know, to maintain a nice, steady, healthy weight. Like, I don't want to be skin and bone. I just want to be strong and healthy yeah. um, and feel that way as well. And I think when I start to look at my body and look at the way I feel, I feel happy. I feel happy with my body. I know I'm putting in good stuff and we've got to put in the good stuff and take care of our bodies because they're doing the most important job every day and that's yeah. keeping us alive. Yeah. So I just think you've got to look at it really factually and really objectively um, and try and break it down that way. And of course, I know how difficult it all is. If you haven't got a good relationship with food, um, it is really really hard and it is it's not easy to get over something like that Mm. but you know there are so many organizations that can help you and you must talk to family and friends and you must be really open about what's going on with you so that you can get help and you can Mm. you know start to feel more positive and have a more positive um thought process around food because it's what keeps us here and it's what keeps us going and there can be lots of 
lovely kind of memories around food of going out for nice dinners and things it's sort of beyond just the God, yeah. really um what's the word like the, the basic need of it as well it can become so enjoyable beyond that so building upon that as well is really lovely yeah yeah it is it's, it is really lovely and you know there are even like cookbooks that go through that like with lots of different memories and thoughts and travel and yeah. there's so much to attach to food and me and you attach so much to food and we'll always be like oh my god do you remember that meal we had in LA that night when we were so jet lagged <sighs> yes. like all of like those things that were like oh that's so good I could eat that now yeah um, and so I think as well like it, it gets better as it's gotten better for me as I've gotten older as well because I place so much importance on my body doing a good healthy job and keeping me here and keeping me going yeah um, so yeah but yeah I hope you're okay and please do speak to people if you're not feeling like you've got a good relationship with food yeah definitely it's nothing to be ashamed of no oh no absolutely not and it's inescapable if you if you're feeling that way it's obviously something that crops up throughout the day with three meals throughout the day so it must be really all consuming as well feeling so anxious and torn over it all as well yeah of course absolutely another one from me we ready yes we're ready it's happened twice already that two male friends of mine from uni wanted to sleep with me. I feel deeply humiliated with the fact that they didn't give up after I said no. They both tried to push me further after I'd made it clear I was not interested. I know it's not my fault, but I still can't help but feel extremely angry, sad and humiliated because I've never been flirtatious with them and it disgusted me how they disrespected me. What should I do and how can I get rid of this negativity? And now, honestly, I don't even know how to be friends with guys anymore. I liked this, didn't like it because it's a horrible one, but I think this is something that so many people will have experienced and that whole thing of of where you have to say to yourself, I know it's not my fault. You shouldn't even have to say that line. No, you shouldn't have to. And it is honestly 200% not a reflection of you. It is a reflection of them. Yeah. Yeah. And like Lizzie and I in the past have made light of the fact that when you're in a friendship with, with a boy... Um, and you're your most silly, vulnerable, normal self as you are with friends, that's when the bloody men fall in love with you because they're like, look how cool she is. And so the only thing that you're guilty of is being yourself and being wonderful. Yeah. Not, you have done absolutely nothing wrong. You are not to blame in any way. But, it, you know, I can imagine it's very hard to shake the negativity and like the, the anger around that when you have so clearly said that that is not what you want from the relationship. No. No, and whether, I mean, you didn't, she didn't specify in that message whether when they pushed her, even after she said no, that was in like a physical way or just with more of a conversation. But mm-hmm. if it's something that is the kind of thing that I feel like you, it would be good to speak to somebody professionally about as well, because as women, we just have these problems with boundaries and constantly blaming on ourselves. Once read an amazing book called Not That Bad, um, that the subtitle was Dispatches on Rape Culture. And all, it was all these different stories of women who have been sexually abused in some way. And it could be something like that, where you set some boundary and you say, Do you know what? No, we're just mates. And then they push it. And it could be really small of just making you reiterate it. That's not respecting a boundary. And whatever experience women have with that, it's the tendency to go, oh, but it's not that bad. You know, it wasn't something really physical. I wasn't attacked or however bad we then could imagine it to be for somebody else. But at the same time, it is still a complete disrespect of A, a friendship that you've got there, but your own wishes, which also should not happen in a friendship at all. So... I think if it was something that is really sitting with you and it sounds like it kind of is in terms of the anger, it might be good to speak to someone professionally because there's so much to unwrap with this, this whole thing. And I will leave a link for that book in the end tell app because it's a really interesting read about the, the, the 
just the female experience of it and how we are so trained even though we're all sort of very modern women and you kind of imagine to be past that of just thinking oh it's not that bad with whatever happens and clearly it is because this is somebody who's suffering from actions of friends when you try to put down a boundary like you you, just it's horrible you'd never do that to a friend no absolutely not and it it leaves you feeling really vulnerable yeah of course and understandably so because the questioning that that goes through your mind of should you you go through and you question everything that you could have done differently like should I have said no stronger was I in a situation that I shouldn't have been in all of those things and the fact that that line in there like I know it isn't my fault shouldn't have to be in there you shouldn't even have to be telling yourself that not at all but it's so ingrained in it that for some reason you must have set out a message and the way you've gone through it and thought I've never led them on in any way Mm. still even if you'd had a bit of a flirtatious time with them and then given the wrong message let's say and then they tried something and you said no that should have been the end of it absolutely regardless of how it whatever's played before your definitive answer should be just that and nothing else and it's even more difficult like you were saying Lizzie because you've had a friendship and you've had lovely times together and they know you and they should respect you and you've thought that they did all of this time and yet when it comes down to sex they're like oh come on yeah it's disgusting and I think the word humiliated came up more than once in that message. Mm, don't, so. don't ever feel humiliation over it. Like, again, that's that whole thing of why the culture makes, makes you instantly go back to that mentality of feeling sort of, well, humiliated. And that's just absolutely. awful. They should be humiliated. They yeah, should be. They're the ones that should be sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that sort of enraged me, that question when I read it. I'm not surprised. I hope, yeah. I wish that we could talk to these people and be like, are you okay, mate? Like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> but no, we're yeah. sending you all our love and that we hope that you get through this part of it. Yeah, it's just shit. An experience that so many people will have had as well in some yeah. way or, or will have had in some way and not realised that it's something bad where it feels yeah. so normal and so part of being a woman mm-hmm. and so... I don't know so much that we just put the blame on ourselves for it that you then don't even really question it until you maybe hear someone else's experience that they feel enraged by it and then you're like hang on a minute that's happened to me more than once and that actually it's really not okay definitely oh (laughs) (laughs) the anger shuddering through us (laughs) bloody um okay so I'll I'll ask a question now so I had a lovely lady ask um the guy that I like has got an STD would you date him have sex and use a condom or walk away okay i'm assuming it must be something like herpes if it's (laughs) could be anything but as in that if it was something that could be treatable do you know i don't know whether she's saying it isn't she's met someone and it's a long-term thing as opposed to it being something that you could take something for and be better and then the those questions might not be there in that way does that make sense yep or if, it, or if it's more of like, oh, this is something that we have to manage in our relationship forever. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume that I've, t- I've taken from the question that it's something that can be treated. Okay. But I might be wrong. For me, I, as a scenario that happened to me, I had um, a long time ago got an, into a relationship with somebody and we'd been going out for about, God, it was only about official for about three weeks or so. 
and then both of us got rip-roaring symptoms and I was like what is this he was off on a boy's holiday at the time I got my symptoms and I was like what is this you fucked off to Greece to Coz and I am here with a fire between my legs (laughs) yeah like what the fuck is going on went to the clinic and they were like you know you've got the clap basically which is chlamydia and I was horrified absolutely horrified it's never happened again but it was his fault because he gave it to me and he wasn't safe with some other bloody woman before me yeah uh, and she was running around town with it giving it to everyone that would take it um I know and um and so then we had a thing where I was really upset and he was really really sorry and really upset as well and then we both had to go on antibiotics and absolutely refrain from sex but we were in the very very first beginnings of our relationship and that's something we didn't want to do and we were told by in no uncertain terms do not touch each other well that didn't work did it even with a condom we got it again because we hadn't let it we hadn't used the antibiotics for long enough so my advice to you would be try as you might not to have sex yes it depends like lizzie was saying it depends if it is going to be something that's long-term or it is going to be treatable. If it's going to be yeah. treatable, just hold off. Yeah. You don't have to walk away from him. It depends in the scenario that, in which it's come about. Like a guy you like's got an STD, wait out the treatment and then crack yeah. on. You can still date him whilst he's got an STD. Just do not go near his willy. <laughs> stay clear. Right. Yeah, stay clear of that. Um, if it's something that's longer term, then obviously that's a conversation you need to have together and, and you should probably go and see um, a sexual health clinic together in ways to make you safe going forward. And yeah. it depends what it is, how long it's going to be around. But I think ultimately, if you really like him, you can find a way around it all. You either wait or you make a really solid medical plan with a yeah. sexual health clinic. Yeah, depending which which instance it it is yeah. but I think the, I think the main thing is that not to not for it to have a stigma it, especially no. if it is something that's long term it is completely manageable in whatever way and don't if it's if you really like him and see a future with him then you can absolutely make that work and I don't think that has to be something where you could sit with someone and think oh I shouldn't be seeing them because they've got this or whatever mm. and that's really would be a real shame to think that way and exactly like Lynn said it's understanding the circumstances that somebody caught something it would be different if they cheated and got that and then the issue wouldn't be that they had an std because again that's the stigma the issues that mm. they've cheated so yeah of course. it is it's just not it's not about seeing that thing as the issue no. and it sounds like she's thinking practically about it but what was yeah, the three absolutely. options she said not seeing um, it all yeah, walk away, use a condom and have sex, or date him. Oh, well, walk away would only depend on... And the don't, don't walk away again. for that reason, yes. No, 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 no. Yeah. And like Lizzie said, like the stigma that is attached to an STD, when I found out that I'd had one, I was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe this has happened. Yeah. And I thought I was being safe. He thought he was being safe, but we tr- it tracked back before us. Yeah. So you can do everything in your power, but, it, you know, it happens. It happens yeah. to the best of us. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it really does and look it's you know one of those things and you you know safe sex is paramount for so many reasons so all you have to do is go and see a sexual health advice clinic yeah and get what you need from there but yeah it sounds like he's been very honest about something as well yeah he said yeah yeah points for that (laughs) absolutely at least he wasn't off in cos while you were burning fanny (laughs) (laughs) Just my bloody luck, that, isn't it? So many burning episodes. 
fair. Oh, God. Oh, in my youth, in my youth, it's all set up now. Thank you. Oh, God. Oh, dearie me. Right, let oh, me no. look for another question. You'll go. That was a brilliant one. Sorry. Um, I wasn't ready with this. I didn't find You weren't, were you? I wasn't, <laughs> sorry. Such a good time with a burning fanny. Right. Okay, everyone, we've got another one here. I'm in my second bachelor year of studying law at an amazing law faculty, which will give me the opportunity to get any job I want. I've got one and a half years left. However, it's making me quite depressed at times and I've been having lots of mental breakdowns recently. Do you think that sometimes you just got to suck it up because that's life and go through shit times or quit something if it's making you temporarily unhappy? Oh, for <sighs> me, I would have to so weigh up how much being a lawyer is going to make me happy, how much the work I'm already doing to, to take my steps to become a lawyer is making me happy. And is the end goal worth it? Do you desperately want to be a lawyer? Do you desperately want to, to kind of help people in that way? If yeah. the answer is yes, then you have got to suck this up because you will thank yourself. Everybody goes through hard times. Everybody feels like giving up. If at the end of all of this, you look at yourself and you're like, I don't think I can even see myself as a lawyer at this point. I don't know what I want to do. Mm. Then maybe it is, you know, time for a serious chat with yourself when I did my physio yeah. degree I was so stressed a lot of the time and the only thing that kept me going was when we did practical placements where I was in hospitals with patients and seeing the difference that I was making that was what helped me cling on I hated exams I hated the classroom environment I hated everything that came along with it but the the feeling of me being a physio at the end of it was what pulled me through yeah yeah I guess that's a really important distinction and you just explained it so well of working out like he's saying that something's making you unhappy is it the content mm. or the actual like things you're learning about law and then sort of that practice which won't get any better once you're doing it and being paid for it necessarily might yeah. be more motivated but if that's what's making you unhappy then definitely question it but if it's the lifestyle and the stress of being at university and the pressure and everything and having all those deadlines which are quite temporary in terms of you know that that will change when you've graduated and you have your degree then stick with it but if if it's learning law that you're not enjoying then you can't really ignore that bit <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because you're exactly just going to carry on doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely um, but it's yeah, like, so normal as well isn't it for us all to yeah. have these wobbles in our careers no matter what you're doing whether yeah. you're studying whether you're fully into your career something you've usually loved and then all of a sudden you're not enjoying it anymore yeah. we're allowed to change I've had every career under the sun at this point and I'm 33 and I don't think I'm done yet honestly <laughs> I don't buckle up Lizzie there's a change oh, coming God. So, I just think you can't you know we're not made I feel like a lot of us aren't made to just do one job or like no. have one path in front of us. I've had many set paths in front of me and my mum and dad cannot keep up with me. Yes. Like, what's this week, Lynn's? And I'm like, oh, horse riding trainer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Where are you? I'm just fucking out some stables. Where are you? <laughs> so it's so normal to have all of these apprehensions and worries about things. But like we said, you've got to distinguish what it is that's making you unhappy. Like, is it the yeah. thought of being a lawyer at the end of this or is it the context in which you're in at the moment on your way to being a lawyer and you still yeah. want to really do that at the end? So just sit tight. You are supposed to put up with some shit stuff to get to the good stuff sometimes. Yes. Yeah, and that's almost what the question is, isn't it? Should you yeah. not be doing something if it's making you unhappy at all? But I unfortunately don't think life works that way. I think sometimes you have to muddle through and power through some shitty bits with your end yeah. goal in mind, um, especially it. it's quite tangible when it's a career thing like this as well. Um, and not just throw the towel in just because something gets a bit difficult because whatever you switch to will yeah. also get a bit difficult as well at some point. 
Um, at some point, yeah, nothing's plain sailing. So you've got to find your grit and dig your heels yeah. in with it all and really, yeah. really be brave sometimes. Yes, except if it's the content that you're not enjoying. <laughs> I feel like we don't want to be like, yeah, carry on. And then she lives a miserable life as a lawyer. <laughs> and she's like, those fucking idiots on that podcast told me to be a lawyer. And here I am. She'll miserable. come and sue us. <laughs> yeah, I know. You told me to carry on. <laughs> Yeah. oh but dear yeah, we, i hope you're okay and like it, yeah. honestly it will work itself out you just have a good think about what exactly it is that make it is making you unhappy and please let us know as well all of you let us know how you get on as yeah. well if you take our advice and um with we've said this already in a few episodes but with what this year has been i don't think this is the year for big decisions generally i think there's just been so much uncertainty for people whether or not you feel like you've been directly affected by it living in a world that's this uncertain isn't something mm. we've dealt with before so also be really kind to yourself as understanding what how destabilized you could just feel without necessarily knowing that's the cause of it that's and it. maybe this this just i don't think it's the year for big big decisions a lot of the time and it's right it's true what you say it's having that thing to pin it on like you're, you're pinning it on your career but you know let, i don't want to make lots of word work for you at home but just have a think about things as a whole because this yeah. year is absolutely the biggest piece of shit so <laughs> and everyone's going through it everyone's having these wild thoughts and yeah you know feelings about what, what's right and what's not so yeah yeah don't be hasty in whatever decision you do make no oh it's a good word that hasty hasty well well i like that one right. i've got another one here my question is my whole family are up in newcastle where i'm from but i moved to london four years ago for work i've made some amazing ama oh, no i've made some <laughs> amazing friends down here something that i don't have back home and i genuinely love the london life when it's normal covid aside and i've been feeling this way beyond pandemic times i'm worried that i should be closer to my family whilst i've got the chance i'm quite an anxious type and so i worry about losing loved ones all the damn time amen but i fear losing a family member and wishing i'd lived closer to them all these years they're keen for me to be closer to home but london really feels like home for me now too and i'd only move back for them i miss them constantly down here but i feel so lucky to have such incredible friends in london and i wouldn't want to lose how do you make that choice god that is um really that difficult is one really difficult and something i have contended with myself for a while now in terms yeah. of what you mentioned there about losing a loved one or a loved one becoming poorly and wanting to be really close to them um it's really difficult we've got to understand that we've got our, our lives to live our own lives to live as well and the only way that i've found that i can combat that is visiting often restrictions allowing mm. um and keeping in touch all the time like getting sick of me ringing them and checking in with everybody and stuff and you have got your own life and like you say you love your work you love your your incredible friends and obviously you love your family, but you can't, you can't very well go and live at home now. You can't go move back into the family home mm -hmm. because you're just a bit worried about losing people. Mm -hmm. It is so normal to lose people. And so, so normal to feel anxious about that. And I, that, that's one of my biggest fears in life is losing people that I love. And so mm -hmm. I completely understand, but at the same time, you've got your own life to live. And you've just got to make the time to keep visiting, have them to you, you go to them. And, mm. um, you know, the, the pandemic is temporary in terms of the restrictions. We'll be out of it by Thursday. No, no. is it Thursday? Week on Thursday? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, sorry. Yeah. The 2nd of December. So make a plan to go home back up north and go and spend some proper time at home. Um, I also think that those feelings will probably be, be quite... Um, 
amplified because of the situation we're in with COVID as well. And, you know, my mind's been all over with illness and losing people because of the pandemic. And I just think, just take a step back. You've got a lovely life. You love being in London. Your family are probably really happy for you that you're happy. Um, you've just got to go back more. You've just got yeah. to visit more. Yeah, I think it would be a very different conversation if someone was ill in some way. But to move back on the off chance someone might get ill, mm. you could be sat in your family home for twenty years or something. <laughs> you just and put all kinds of thing on things on hold, and you you cannot live that way. You really can't. And of of course, what you're saying is incredibly thoughtful and kind, but it, it it's it's placing too much. I don't know. It, there's no predictability in what might happen, which is what's so difficult and what makes you want to control it and think, well, I feel better being close to them and, and more on top of what's happening and will my anxieties be less? Mm. But that could be something you, you just chase forever and ever because anything can happen to anyone at any time, which is why those anxieties are there. But going back home, I don't think would necessarily solve them. Exactly like Lynn said, the important thing is to spend time together and maybe remember that when you're apart, when you visit family you actually spend more quality time as opposed to falling back into existing yeah. alongside one another like everyone inevitably does when you go back home for a while and just keep that going because those memories will withstand the test of time god forbid when something does happen to somebody and you have you know the years of your life that go on without them those mm. are the bits you'll look back on and I, I just think you, you really do need to focus on your own life and I from what you've said assume that's what your family would want to do would want you to do as well and to have your friends and your career and a, and a wonderful life in London and and never feel like that means you've abandoned somebody by making that decision because you are you're still keeping their best interests at heart but if I would answer it differently if someone was poorly and it was a case of going back and spending time with somebody when they were unwell or if it was their final years of their life or it was something terminal or whatever yeah. but you could just be there for god knows how long <laughs> i know just waiting with not even a sniff of a doctor's appointment for anybody and you've just yeah. been sat there rotting away <laughs> not rotting literally. i don't mean that but literally like come on guys is anyone gonna get ill or what can i go yeah. back to london <laughs> but yeah no it's one even a, gets a cold for the next 20 no, years nothing. or something and it's testament to how beautiful your relationship is with your yeah. family as well and like it's obviously you know something that's consumed you so much at the moment but just hang in there, make some lovely plans, get some nice memories under your belt. I'm sure you've already got so many. Yeah. But yeah. Um, just keep in touch all the time. Like, obviously, just bug them until they can't st stand the, like, yeah. the sight of you. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, you, you are creating amazing memories through that as well. You know, you don't have to be with people physically for those memories to be important. So no. um, it's not all or nothing, basically. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But good luck with that. Let us know what you decide to do right the final one I've got okay ending on a juicy one here which is living with my significant other in lockdown and as we're spending all our time together our sex life sucks in capital letters <laughs> listen how are you supposed to get a massive home for somebody that you're seeing 24 hours a day every day you've no time to miss them you've no time no. to get excited get butterflies like you're most likely in your trackies all day every day hair up no makeup not feeling your best like it's just it's just not a recipe for a, a spicy little sex life is it <laughs> it's just not no. no i guess you've got to try and introduce 
something that makes it like if you have an at-home date night I know you you talked about this quite a lot Lynn's in lockdown one that you and James were making an effort to like cook dinner together and sit and watch a film together and things like that Mm. maybe make sure you have evenings like that maybe even set the bar I don't know how it completely depends on what everyone's individual sex life is but even if you said to yourself like once a fortnight we'll do that weekly even seems too much to have something in the diary like that at the moment because everything's Mm. so repetitive it's coming around so quickly all the time time so maybe if you said once a fortnight we'll have a lovely evening together and it will be something to look forward to and then I don't know I I always find if you've got like a good foundation or something like that then maybe you do feel a bit more attracted to each other a bit more excited about it off the back of having put something nice in place yeah putting effort into a situation where you're like oh this is so nice I'm having such a nice time with you and now I want to jump your bones again that's great yeah yes like you almost have to like inject a bit of romance back into it or a bit of passion into it and it's not you know please don't read too much into it relationships ebb and flow like this all the time especially when you've been together for a a long time or even a short time but you've got a lot of time indoors during lockdown yeah you know I don't know you could it's so up and down sex lives anyway without the pandemic like you might not be feeling it for a week you might just not have even given it a second thought because you're tired or you've had lots to do and you know you're not feeling it at all but then other weeks like oh my god like properly into it this week and you know it just is so different for everybody but it really is a a tricky one to navigate whilst we've all been locked up together as well like you know the food you know I'm not particularly sure that James wants to jump my bones when I've got half my tea down me I just don't know it's just yeah uh, it's just one of those things and attraction is so important too and it's it's not necessarily always about the physical thing either it might just one too many times about the dishwasher this week and you're fucking me off I do not don't want to go anywhere near your penis yeah yeah because if you're irritated with those domestic silly things which just never yeah. come up and then yeah. overall just adds to a feeling of irritability that's Absolutely. exactly like you said isn't very sexy and you do no, just generally want to be on your own not be touched whatever yeah yeah and also don't put too much pressure on it either I've made the no. mistake in the past of being of, fe- of feeling quite sexy myself but then the other person isn't really feeling it yeah. at the time because they're you know they're tired or they've had something go wrong at work or something and you're like oh it's me like yeah. don't be all forlorn about it don't be woe is me it's me because it's not you it's yeah. just life like it's just life and you know you might hear some people who are just constantly at it and all they want to do is talk about how much sex they have well good for fucking you it's not real life and it won't last so <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the way it is like it's just the way it is um so just try and inject something into it make an effort it doesn't even have to result in sex just get to know each other again like get to liking each other again and cook together watch something together sit and have a cuddle together just find some intimacy and it will come from there like yeah don't on it and don't panic about it because i promise you it's fine yeah yeah it will be fine and on those sageful words (laughs) (laughs) we shall conclude this episode Yes, everybody's sex life will be okay. <laughs> well, everything, every yeah. part of life will be okay. Yeah, we'll all get there in the end. This has been so lovely. Thank you so much it for all your amazing questions. We've got another episode going out next week that is another handful of questions from you all as well. So we'll try our best to answer um, those for you. Um, but yes, thank you very much as always. And just another reminder, we've had so many people join our Facebook now, uh, Lizzie, the group. Ooh. 
So we've got a Facebook group called Things You Can't Ask Your Mum community on Facebook. So you can request uh, to join and we've just got some lovely conversations going in there. We ask your advice on topics and things you really want to hear about. Um, so it's just a really nice place for everyone to feel safe and counted. And you can, you know, you can start your own conversation. You can do what you want, share what you want. It's lovely. Yeah. Come um, talk so me come about along. your sex life over there. Yeah, come talk about <laughs> your sex life. Love a bit of sex life chat. <laughs> But thank you so much this week for listening to us. And as always, if you want to um, listen to us via the Entail app, you'll be able to see so many lovely photos and links to things that we've talked about. Um, And yes, it really is a good 360 experience. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this week's episode and to our podcast if you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.